I'm doing fantastic, Bobby. How are you? I'm good. I'm so happy that you're here. My I twin. Know. We're, we're going to be on camera so people can see that we're twins. <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt about that, is there? No, not at all. <laughs> uh, so why don't we get started and I will share you with my audience and just let them get to know you a little bit. Tell us where you're from. You're in a different country and you're from yes. another different country. So you got, yes. you got some interesting stuff. So why don't you start us off? So it kind of depends on how far back you want me to go. No, I'm kidding. But so I am in Ottawa, Canada. I've been here for about a year. I, I was originally in Toronto for, I don't know, 10, 12 years. And then about a year ago, we decided to make the move here. When I say we, I mean my husband and I. But I am originally from Colombia in South America. And uh, I've been in Canada for longer than I would like to admit. I think it's been it's actually 20 years this year. So this was my 20th anniversary of living in harsh winters and four seasons and things that I'm not really used to, but well, I'm more used to it now, but yeah, it was, it was a challenging transition, not only weather-wise, but culturally way different cultures. And then I, for some reason that I still don't understand, I guess you can call it love. I married a guy from Quebec, so even more cultural differences. I didn't know English that well. He speaks French. It was kind of an interesting combination, but here we are. So, yeah. Yes, you, I didn't even think about Colombia's climate versus Canada because Colombia is where, the reason I have so much love for it is because that's where a lot of flowers are grown that come to the States and Zumba was invented. Zumba. There. So yeah. I'm going to always have a big heart for Colombia. But yeah. going from there to Canada, yeah, because it's, I'm in upstate New York and it's cold. So in Canada, it's a little worse. Yeah, I remember my first winter here. So I moved here in October of 2000. Yes, 2000. And everyone kept saying it's cold, it's cold, it's cold. But I moved in October and that October was not cold. So I thought, oh, my goodness, people are exaggerating. This isn't so bad. I had brought winter jackets. I'm like, I'm not going to need those. This is fine. <laughs> yeah, so about four weeks later, I'm not even joking, but I, I, I was a newcomer. I didn't have a lot of money. I didn't have a car waiting at a bus stop for a bus with my regular shoes that I brought from Colombia, which had like a very thin sole, was excruciating. Not because they were horrible, but because I wasn't used to being so immersed in the cold. And I remember thinking, is this how people live? Seriously? How do they do it? And I just say, hated it for the first, I don't know, my first few winters, I think. But then we get into, you know, my husband and I started to get more into winter activities and going hiking and things like that in the winter. So that made it a little bit easier. But don't get me wrong. I mean, hot weather and Colombia will always have, you know, my heart because every time I go, it's like, oh, yes, this is what <laughs> life is supposed to be like. Why am I not here? But, but I love, absolutely love Canada. I think it's a fantastic place to live. 
Nice. So what do you do up there in Canada? So currently I work for a market research company. I've been with them for about 10 years and uh, I just, I actually recently started a new job with the company uh, in marketing. Uh, but I am also starting my own business as of probably four, six months ago, something like that. So right now I'm juggling having a corporate job and doing my own thing on the side. Um, my own business is my passion. I absolutely love my job, but having something that is mine and only mine when I can be creative and help people and do my own thing, it's been very, very rewarding. Can you share with us a little about what you're doing? And maybe, maybe even, and I don't know the answers to this as, as much as we chit chat and I get to know you, but I don't know what the long-term vision is. So maybe start with what are you doing now? And then mm -hmm. take us to maybe where you see your journey, your entrepreneurial journey going. Yeah. So ultimately, like any long voyage, you don't know where you're going to end, right? I already didn't know I was going to end up here when I started this venture. And it's only been a few months. But one thing I know for sure is that I have a couple of big passions. One of them is spirituality combined with personal growth. So anytime you talk to me about um, awareness or how to connect with your higher self and how to use that to um, exponentially grow your potential, my, my eyes just lit up. So that's one thing. I mean, even if I talked about it and didn't get one cent out of it, I would be happy. So it's just, it's just a huge passion of mine that has been there for years. And my second passion is to actually inspire people. So having that conversation where you know the right words are going to come out of your mouth and somebody's going to feel a shift, somebody's going to feel the inspiration, somebody's going to feel that call to action. I love that. So that's what I'm doing right now. I'm combining those two, which are very similar, really. They're kind of like, it's just one big thing. Um, I don't know where it's going to take me in the end because, I mean, I've considered being a coach, but I know that's not my call. I enjoy more the... Um, the presence in somebody's life, helping them through some changes without necessarily hand-holding somebody. So right now what I have is one course on um, happiness. So I call it the 21, um, the 21 day inner happiness challenge, challenge. But what it is, is a journey in which I am taking you through different exercises and different tools and techniques for you to use your imagination in order to create an ideal mindset. So happiness was the key word that I wanted to use, but you can use any of the techniques that I teach throughout the course to change your mindset about anything. So we walk through finding your what. So what is it that lights you up? What is it that lights up your soul? Clarity, in other words, because you need clarity in order to move from A to B. If you don't know where B is, you're not going to get to B. And the B is, is going to be a moving target. It's always going to change. But at least if you know what your big what is, you know you're moving in the right direction. And the second thing that um, I teach in my course is your why. So why is it that you want your what? And that is a very emotional exercise because we go through why is it that you want something? And then get to the core and then keep digging deeper and deeper and deeper until it becomes your real purpose and your real passion. So it's never about 
I find, I find that in general, it's never about money, it's never about having, it's never about doing, it's usually about being, but you have to discover that. It's like, what is it that you want to be? What is it that motivates you? So most of my students get very emotional when we get to that part because you discover that it is because you wanna be more in life, because you want to explore your talents, because you don't want to deny the world from your gifts because you want to be all that you can be. And I know that sounds very utopia and Pollyanna, but most of us don't actually take the time to do that exercise, to, 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 to really get to the core, to see what is it that motivates me to do what I want to do. But once you identify that, it just, it just fire. It's like something happens inside of you that you know you have to go for it. And then after that, we move into awareness. So be aware of who you're being. So having your what and your why combined with awareness, that brings you to, am I taking the right steps to get to my what and my why? Am I doing the things that I need to do? Am I being the person that matches my desires and my purpose? And then we go into different, into little different techniques and exercises to actually align those three things, your clarity, your why, and being aware of who you're being at all times. So it's pretty interesting to see how people are shifting because I feel that sometimes we're not aware of who we're being. We're not aware of how we're reacting to life and just doing little simple shifts and tweaks to the way that you're thinking and the way that you view life are like, oh, I can see things different now. So it's, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun to start doing that. Just the fact that the aim is happiness is kind of a big deal. And thank you for breaking it down because you and I haven't even gotten into those details of, of the actual momentum of the challenge, which I need to sign up for. <laughs> Absolutely. A hundred percent. But you, as you're talking, I, I'm thinking about my journey mm -hmm. and the, I love how you said that it's going to be kind of a moving target. We have to know what lights you up and I can apply what you said already just to like, I have what I call my dream, you know, the recovery playgrounds and everything in the middle is just kind of part of the journey. Cause I'm going with the flow and I don't know exactly how I'm going to get there. So it's okay to have some unknowns along the path is what I think I'm hearing you say even though it's clarity, right? But it's, well, is it about just having clarity in the mission or is it having clarity in the steps exactly? Can you cover that a little more? Absolutely, yeah. So it's definitely not clarity in the steps because you never know how you're going to get there. I mean, you might think you know, but you don't know, right? You might lay down the path and say, okay, I'm going to call these people. I'm going to go on a podcast. I'm going to email. I'm going to do these steps. Da, da, da. I'm going to promote. But the more aligned that you get with your vision, and when I say aligned, I mean the more that your brain and heart are in one mind, the more that the paths are, are going to open up for you. And maybe someone will call you up and say, hey, uh, do you want to come speak to my audience tomorrow? That's something that you didn't have planned, but now it's happening. So when I speak about clarity, it's mostly about the clarity of what you want to be. So is it 
um, helping someone in, in their business? Is it helping someone in their health? Is it helping someone with their wealth? It's usually about helping somebody. That's what we're all in business, right? We're solving problems. That what we're do- that's what we're doing. So once you decide that this is your niche, this is your passion, this is what you want to do, the path can look something like that. You don't know what that is, but if you keep your vision steady, and I know that sounds a little cliche because everyone says that, but once you're able to align what you really want and get your mind, your mindset in that same path, life is going to open up for you. And I mean, I've seen miracles not only, not only in my own life, but in a lot of the people that I work with in their lives. And it's, it's um, I don't want to call it miraculous because that sounds a little bit out there. But what I mean is it's astounding the way that things start to happen for you. When you work with life, life works with you. And that's what I mean. So clarity, know your why. And regardless of what else is happening around you, if you have those two things aligned, you're going to be moving in the right direction. So how much work does this take? Like what, what is a normal person 21 days is pretty impressive to kind of get clarity and focus and all that. So what kind of time frame are they putting, investing in themselves every day? So the challenge is 21 days. That is the time frame that it takes for me to deliver the content of my course. So what we go through are what, our why, awareness, and some of the other tools and techniques that I teach. So that's for you to get acquainted with the methodology of it. And that's for you to practice uh, it's not going to take you more than perhaps 30 minutes, 45 minutes a day. Some days, some activities take a little bit longer. Sometimes they take a little bit less, but that's just, that's just your foundation. What you do after that is up to you. I mean, I know that there are a lot of people that say that it takes 21 days to, uh, to change a habit. I actually don't believe that. Uh, I believe that it's, it's repetition and it's going to be different for everybody, but that's how you create a habit. So think about it. Um, think about when you were learning to ride a bike. You just don't, you know, you, you, after 21 days, you might be able to stand on the bike, not fall and go straight, but it's going to take that practice to create that habit, not just the habit of doing something, but the habit of thinking something, not just the habit of thinking something, but the habit of feeling something, the habit of aligning to the vision and aligning to your what and aligning to your desires. So it's just a matter of creating that space within you to start believing that the things that you're creating are happening. So it's just taking that dedication plus intention to uh, practice the things that you're going to learn in the course and make them a habit in your life. So I'm only speaking about this because it's been very transformational for me. Um, I think you and I have spoken about this, but I had a pretty harsh personal crisis in 2018. And I honestly thought that was going to be the end of me. It was, um, it was pretty, it was pretty shocking and engaging my imagination and engaging my mind and getting aligned to the things that I wanted is the one thing that quite literally without exaggeration changed and saved my life. So these are the little things that I'm, that I'm trying to teach people because it is actually simple. Sometimes we just don't have the intention to do it and the dedication to do it. So every time that you, that you set, out, set out to do something, um, exercise more, eat better, read more, learn to ski, snowboard, whatever it is, the one thing that people fail at the most is the actual dedication, the practice of it 
right? So diet, sure, it lasts a month or two, and then boom, you're back to the old habit. So it's just creating that habitual thing that you are going to practice these things and make them part of your life, basically. It does take a little work. You're, you're 100% right. So you said you use the word spirituality describing this. So does it matter? Do, is there any religion requirements to take your challenge or is it not even related to religion? Absolutely not related. I mean, I'm probably the least religious person I know. And I swear a lot. I'm actually biting my tongue a few times because I swear <laughs> quite a bit. <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it's not that. It's just uh, mindset helps you in so many ways. And I think it's tremendously overlooked, right? Because we have habitual patterns of thinking that we've created from years and years and years of rehearsing the same thoughts and the same habits over and over and over again. They are so rehearsed and we're so good at it that we don't even notice them. We don't even know that we have an option to change them because they become what I call our identity, right? So sometimes when you're thinking about changing, you think about, um, well, but this is who I am. So if you're an angry person, but this is who I am, you don't see the option that I can actually leave that pattern. I can actually practice something else and become somebody else. So it's a matter of changing your identity, not changing yourself because your core and your essence are always going to be the same. It's actually quite the opposite. It's start to um, peel those layers that are not part of you and getting closer to the real you, to your core, to yourself. So it doesn't matter what uh, religious affiliation you have. Um, a lot of the practices are quite spiritual, but not necessarily, you don't necessarily have to believe that, you know, there's some divinity out there. Actually, I do believe that, but you don't have to in order to get to, to, um, to your goals through the course. All you have to do is practice, practice, practice. I mean, it's, it's like everything, right? So about a year and a bit ago, I started to learn to brush my teeth with my left hand. I had my own personal reasons, but one of them was I wanted to see if I could create a different, different habit. I've been brushing my teeth with my right hand for 40 something years. And I wanted to try something different, right? And at first it was the worst. Like I always had to finish with my right hand because I'm like, dude, I mean, this is not working. It was like sloppy and I didn't know what to do. And I would poke myself with a toothbrush and it was actually horrible, but I stuck to it. I stuck to it and stuck to it. And it's been, 13, 14 months that I've been doing it and I'm quite good at it now. So it's exactly the same thing. It's just have that intention. Boom, I want to do this and have the dedication to do it because those are married. Those two are married. Intention plus dedication. So you just like create a new habit. And now for me, it's so habitual that I just don't even think about it. It's like my left hand goes for the toothbrush. I brush my teeth. I don't have to finish with the right one because that's just like old news, right? It's the left one. And it's just, it's just a habit. You just, you just have fun with it. It's like, oh, okay, crap. Can I do it? But you practice, 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 and you actually can change um, the um, neuropathy in your brain just by introducing something new, by creating a new habit. I had a boss that did that with his mouse. He changed his mouse to the other side. And I didn't know the science or all of that, and I remember trying to do it, but I definitely lacked the dedication because I never got the hang of it. 
but now you're making me want to, and here's the weird thing. I drive the mouse with my right hand and I brush my teeth with my left hand. You're kidding. No, I'm, I'm really weird. I'm ambidextrous, kind of, like my writing isn't that good, but I'm left-handed to right and all my sports, bowling, serving volleyball, swinging a bat is all right-handed. I golf right-handed, but I write left-handed. And why did you start that? Or is it, was it just natural that one hand tended to be better at one thing than the other? I guess. Really? I'm not like a super athlete or anything, but that's, <laughs> the way, that's just the way it worked out. Um, but now I'm thinking, yeah, I think I need to move my mouse over here and try to learn this. They talk about that in Zumba, actually, too. That's part of oh, really? how they design the choreo is to instead of doing the, the same leg or arm or whatever movement throughout the song, they keep you changing and they incorporate some of that stuff to help your brain do that. Again, mm -hmm. I don't know the science, but it's, it's evidently out there and people believe in it and people smarter than me know the science and the whys and, and that's all good. But just something like that simple, I think me and my audience can take away and try to do it like you said, it becomes a new habit. And that would, that would conquering that, I think would show that anything is possible, right? Yeah. I think that's what your challenge is about, if I'm hearing Absolutely. You. Yeah, so if you think about it, I was gonna say everything, but let's just not go there. Let's just say that most things that we do day in and day out are a habit, right? So you get up, you go to the bathroom, you brush your teeth, you have coffee or vice versa, whatever, you take a shower, you, you know, it, it's a habit. You do something, you get in your car, you uh, drive to work, you react. Well, a lot of us are not driving to work right now, but you know, uh, if there's an a-hole that, you know, that cuts you off in traffic, you react the same way that you reacted yesterday. You get to work, you have the same attitude about it. Like you see your boss and you might be happy to see your boss, you might be sad to see your boss, you might be stressed to see your boss, but it, it is all a habit. So it's a habit of doing, it's a habit of um, being, and it's a habit of thinking. But it's all a habit anyway. It's just that we are so addicted to being that way. So we are in a way addicted to our identity because we relate to that. These are my triggers. These are the things that set me off. These are the things that I like. These are the things that I dislike. But it's all a habit of thinking because you um, learned to be that way or to act that way. And I'll tell you an example. And this is something that I, I talk about it in my course. Um, in my hometown of Cali, Colombia, we have two soccer teams. People either go for one or for the other. When you ask them why, so if I ask my brother, why do you go for... Kali, that's the name of our team. He will say, because that's the team that we went for in my family. There's no other reason. Is my dad cheered for it? My grandfather cheered for it? His father cheered for it? <laughs> sure, some people have their specific preferences and they might go against their family or whatever. But for the most part, it's an act of observation. And then you learn and adapt and adjust to that act. You um, take it as yours and you run with it. You don't question it. So I grew up Catholic, 
Why? I don't know, because my family was Catholic, but I never questioned it. I just learned that. I just learned that there was this one big God sitting up there in a chair that was sometimes judgy, sometimes loving, something like that, and let's just not go into religion. But I learned it that way. And when I was little, I never questioned it. So it's all habits that we learn. And because of our conditioning from childhood, family, authority figures, role models that we had, we accepted it. We saw it as, okay, I'm going to be this way. So if the a-hole cuts me off in traffic, it's okay for me to flip him over because that's what we do when we get angry. But it's just a habit. And like any habit, you can unlearn the habit and learn something new. You can replace it with something new. It's just what we were talking about before is having that intention and having a dedication to actually go through the process of changing that. That is a tough part and it's challenging because... It's like any type of um, attachment that you have to something. You feel that you need it. You feel that that's your thing. You feel that, you know, you probably will die without it. So who would I be if I don't get angry in traffic? Who would I be if I, you know, don't question why my husband did something? Who would I be without this habit that has identified me for so long? So one of the things that we do in the class as well is to learn to look at things from a different perspective. So to question things more, to not 100% believe our thoughts because our thoughts are somebody else's thoughts. It's the thoughts that we learn from our parents, from our family, from teachers, from the past. And sure, some of them might be our own thoughts, but the things that are usually limiting us came from somebody else, came from a cultural background, came from family, came from so many different things. So once you have um, the willingness to see it different, differently, that once you have that uh, desire to change, you can actually flip the things around that are limiting you or that are not letting you grow and see them from a different light. And you and I just got off of another call where we were talking about that is like learn to flip it around and change the story so whatever you have as a repetitive pattern so i'm just kind of sticking to the angry example for some reason but once you see that pattern once you identify it for what it is you can actually question it do i really need to be angry about this is it worth of my anger is it worth of my energy what would be a more loving way to see it and it might not be so simple and la-di-da at the beginning, but having that willingness and having that intention to want it, to see it differently is going to make a huge difference. Does that make sense? It totally does. And, and where my mind went as you were talking was to my other arena of addiction mm -hmm. and how much of it is habit and where does it come from? And so I kind of like my brain was taking me through what does that look like for an addict? Because it sounds pretty simple if you change, simple in concept, maybe not simple in execution, uh, to start challenging the old ways. Like, I'm trying to not smoke today, which is part of making what's making me a little not happy. I, yeah. keep, I keep going through this. And um, when I think about it, I have to the first voice is, oh, just go get a coffee and a pack of cigarettes. Like, that's the first voice. And then the second one is like, well, why? You want to breathe easier. You want to do, you know, you don't want to stink. Like, I took out a coat today, and because I hadn't smoked, I could smell it. I was smell like, it. Yeah, yeah. oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's obvious, right, with my conscious mind, if I let my conscious mind think, I guess, 
is part of it versus the doing. But I've heard all the different voices in my head today. So I thought, I thought that that was interesting. How you explained it was, that was how I related to it, I guess. That yeah. So, so there's, there's a deeper layer into habits and, and addictions. And I don't want to get into the types of addictions that you talk about, because I, by all means, I, I, I do, I do not much, I do not know much about them or consider myself an expert in the subject at all. But every one of these habits that we've been talking about, especially the habits of thinking, because those are the more predominant, because they just seem very automatic, right? So you can probably stop yourself from getting the coffee and the cigarettes, but the mind seems to be like, oh, that thought that just happened, and I could do nothing to control it or to stop it or to change it, because it, it was just there, right? But it is all habits or addictions, and most of them, when, when those habits elicit strong emotions, so sadness, depression, frustration, boredom, tiredness, anger, and all of those, those are triggering some chemicals in your brain. So every time that you have a strong reaction to something, it could be positive as well. So love, um, joy, happiness, peace, ease, all those things. So every time that those strong emotions arise within you, your brain, you're feeling them because your brain is creating chemicals that match that level of emotion and, and, and your brain is feeding your body with those chemicals right? So the more that you repeat those thoughts that cause X um, emotion, so let's go with anger for the sake of sticking to the same one, right? So if you're an angry person, all it means is that you've practiced anger long enough that now you feel it's part of your identity. So it is an addiction that you have to the chemicals that your body or your brain produces when you get, um, when there's something external to you, that causes you to react a certain way. So if you're addicted to those chemicals, subconsciously, you're going to find ways to get angry, right? So mm -hmm. say that you and I are driving together and we go back to the a-hole on the road that causes us off. You might be super angry, flipping off whatever, uh, curse at him because you get angry. Meanwhile, I am in La La Land thinking, oh, let's go through the drive-thru, I'm hungry, let's get something. So it's, it's just, your level of addiction is gonna be different to my level of addiction, and that's just different journeys. But everything can be changed because you can replace any habit of thinking with another habit of thinking that is gonna be more beneficial and more um, conducive to growth. So the challenge that I had when I was going through my dark night of the soul was how the heck do I start changing differently? Because when you're in that spiral, it's very, very challenging to see above, right? It's like you're underwater. How the heck do I get my head out of here? But it's just that practice, 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 practice. So I had a coach at the time that I, I still work with on occasion. She's phenomenal and she helped me quite a bit. And she was asking me, what is one thing that you can focus on? When I was going through my, my personal crisis, she would ask me, what is one thing that you can focus on right now that would give you happiness? And this is the most ridiculous thing. But the only thing that would give me 30, 60 seconds of joy was to see squirrels in my backyard climbing trees. Which is ridiculous because I'm not even a squirrel lover, but seeing them kind of playing together and frolicking and yada yada, I was like, oh, look at them, so cute. So in my mind, I would practice the thought of the freaking squirrels every single day in my head for 
30, 60, 90 seconds, all I could. And I know that sounds absolutely ridiculous, but when you're tricking your imagination into something better, anything goes. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's your happiness, right? I mean, if it's strawberries in the field, if it's bees, if it's flowers, if it's your dog, if it's your cat, by all means, just focus on that until you start creating that different habit of thinking. That's an amazing trick. I, I appreciate you sharing that. And I think that a lot of people listening could take that and run with it if they wanted to. Of course, they have to be dedicated. <laughs> yes. Dedicated stuff. I like that. And I don't think squirrels are silly. They're sometimes scary if they get a little too close, but squirrels frolicking is a fun visual. It's yeah. And I mean, I have, I have a few things. And one of, one of the things that I, that I, um, walk the participants in my course through is to create what I call the golden slide. So the golden slide is all made up because life is all made up anyway. So might as well make up something that makes us feel good, right? So the golden slide is this image in your mind of your perfect life where there are no worries, there are no concerns, there's abundance, there's fulfillment, there's success anything that you want in one picture. So it doesn't have to be a scene of like, oh, look at me being successful. No, it's, it's like this one picture of you doing something fun or doing nothing. But you know that in that moment, life is complete and you're good. So I'll tell you a bit about mine. Mine is on the beach. I'm with my husband. We are lying down on a blanket and we're doing nothing. We're just chatting, we're looking at the sunset, we're relaxing, we're having fun, that's it. But when I bring that picture up in my mind, I know that life is complete. I know that all of my dreams have been conquered, a lot of my wishes came true, uh, I have no major concerns in my life. It's like that little picture of tranquility of like, oh, I made it, it's all good. And I teach, um, my class participants to bring up the golden slide in the most unusual circumstances. So when you're stuck in traffic, when you're at the grocery store, when you're in the car outside waiting for outside of the school waiting for your kid to finish, or you know when you're cooking because you have nothing else to do, you have nothing better to do in those moments. And that's usually when the mind tends to go places where it shouldn't go, or you're just wasting your time, or just scrolling on Facebook. Instagram or whatever it is, right? So one of the things that, that you do to train your mind to get to better feeling thoughts is to bring the better feeling thoughts in the moments that you're going into automatic pilot or going into habits that are not so uh, nurturing to your soul. And it's actually super simple. I mean, you have no idea how many work meetings have been going to my golden slide. It's like, oh, life is fantastic, man. Sorry, what we're talking about. But it's just, it doesn't take that long. You don't have to be like, oh, 30 minutes into it. No, you just bring it up, bring it up for like a minute, two, five. And once you start to feel, the, and you, you will feel the emotions bubbling up of like, life is good. Life is easy. Life is, life is perfect. And you feel in your body the emotions that are taking over. So the more that you do that, whether with the golden slide or whatever it is, the more that you're um, habituating your body to feel different. And if you're changing the way that your body feels, you're changing the way you think. You're changing the way you think. You're creating new pattern, patterns, and that's going to become your new identity. Now you're a happy person. You're a relaxed person. You react less. You think more clear, which is one of the greatest benefits of just 
clearing your mind of all these obtrusive thoughts that usually clog your imagination and your life. I have a little confession to make. When you first started seeing golden slide, the first thing that came through my head was someone going down like a slide made of gold. That was my yes. first impression. So now I got it like a movie slide. And it makes me happy just thinking about it. You're right. I already know what mine is. And I think about it every day and I write it down now that, well, I've been writing it down for the last three weeks and you're, yeah, there's something to that. So thank you. You're helping me. You're like giving me free therapy tonight. So I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It's funny because a lot of the times when I start talking about this, as I'm talking, the things that come out of my mouth, I go, I needed to hear these. So it's my, it's, it's my own messages that I am uh, delivering to somebody else. But at the same time, it's like, that's a reminder for something that I need to do. So it, this is fantastic. So therapy, this, this is uh, couples therapy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Queen's therapy. Well, and I, I go through the same thing as what you said. Like when I'm podcasting, like especially my mornings when I'm mm -hmm. just, I do a reading and then I truly believe I say whatever I'm supposed to say. I don't edit the shows at all. And it's whatever just bounces in my head as I'm reading that reading. And to your point, there's a lot of days I reflect back like, oh yeah, I needed to be reminded of that or I need to reflect on this. So, and honestly, I guess to prove your point, and I know my journey is different than yours, but in hindsight, I must have done this training on, on, a, on some level because I was not able to do this stuff five years ago. Like when I was gambling, for example, I couldn't do this stuff. I haven't perfected it to where I like live in bliss all the time or anything mm -hmm. quite that way. But I'm aware of the things, if that makes sense. And I, I, I think that I need to practice to be dedicated more. To your point. Yeah, but to your point, awareness is the first thing that comes up, right? The moment that you become aware, you have a choice. Because when you're in the automatic uh, thoughts, when you're, you're, when you're going on automatic pilot, you don't have that awareness of what's going on. You don't have the choice to change it. But it is our responsibility in order to grow, to become aware of who we're being, not on every minute or every day, because that's just going to get exhausting. But if, if, if speaking generally, you know what your, th what your thoughts are throughout the day, you have that choice, right? You have that power of deciding, this is not what I want to think right now. This is not who I want to be right now. Who is it that I want to be? and you turn it around. And even if you do nothing about it because you're in a meeting, because you're busy, because you're presenting, because you're doing something, the moment that you catch yourself, it's already a signal to your brain to go check mark, need to do something about this. And that starts that um, cascade into more and more and more. So I always say that the more aware that you are, the more choices that you have. The moment that you're aware of what you're thinking, you have that decision to either believe it or not. And if you decide not to believe it, well, what is it that you're going to believe? You change the story and go with that. This occurred to me too, and I'd love your take on this. As, as I think about this, I've thought about this sitting here from a addiction perspective and then from as a human perspective, 
but I'm sensing, tell me how you think this would apply to an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. This, this thinking. This, the mindset part. Okay. So your specialty, like if you were talking to an entrepreneur and, and that was exactly who you knew you were talking to somebody who's maybe starting to think about a business or maybe someone who's six months in like you, what advice would you give them out of this bucket of knowledge that you just shared with us? Yeah. So one of the biggest things that I'm doing right now is listening to my own stories. So when I say that is all of the stuff that we've been talking about. So I become aware of the story that I'm telling myself. And when you're starting a business, most of those stories are related to fear, right? You're fearful to show yourself in front of your audience. You're fearful of being rejected because this is the first time that you're doing something What are people going to think of me? Am I going to be capable? Am I talented enough? Am I knowledgeable enough? Am I going to be loved or I'm going to be rejected? All those fears that might not be spelled out as I just talked about them, but they're there. You know that you're fearful of something, right? So if say that you have a business mentor or a business partner, or you're working with someone and that person says, you definitely have to go in front of a 300 person audience and speak. And then you feel those fears, right? Like, oh crap, do I really have to do this? Is this the the road that I want to go? And you have that insecurity. So those are the stories that as an entrepreneur, you want to listen to because that has a powerful message. That is the story that you've been telling yourself for a long time. But the moment that those those stories come up is gold because those are the moments that you actually can do something about it. So I've been going through some fears in the last few weeks. And even though it's, yeah, it hurts, right? Because you're feeling that inability to act and inability to move forward because you feel the fear. But what I say to myself is, I am grateful that this has come up to the light. That is not an unconscious or subconscious thing anymore. So now I can do something about it, right? So the moment that I say, okay, I am afraid of being seen. I am afraid of uh, how people are going to perceive me when I'm trying to sell something because people are going to find me annoying that I'm here about talking, talking about the same thing over and over again. You start to realize what is it that is, is um, stopping you from moving forward and you change the story. So in my case, when I feel the fear of what are people going to think of me? You know what I'm talking about? Spirituality, having been on a corporate setting for so many years. And now here I'm talking about mindset and divine beings and spirit and things like that is like oh well people are going to think i'm crazy or what is she doing and yada yada but then i turn the story around thinking these are my gifts who would i be if i denied the world from my gifts what if the people who need to listen to my message and my story are not you know getting it because i decide that i'm too afraid to do it so it's just talking to yourself softly until you start to turn that story around. And once you're able to turn the story around, you tell that story to yourself every single day. You remind yourself of how powerful you are. You remind yourself that you have a lot to give to the world. You remind yourself that your gifts are there. 
because they're needed in the world. And I know that sounds a little woo-woo and uh, lovey-dovey, but it is right. I mean, the stories that we're telling ourselves have been there since we were kids. So sometimes speaking to ourselves like we're kids really, really helps and just soothe ourselves into believing that we're capable. It takes some time, but it's not impossible. It's just building another habit. I think the way you frame that was perfect, Isabel. You said earlier that entrepreneurs become entrepreneurs because they want to help someone. And then what you just said is for entrepreneurs to get over their fears, this is how I heard it anyway, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. The best way to talk themselves out of the fears is to remind themselves that if they don't show up, they're then robbing people of their health and services and knowledge and expertise and their gifts. That's what I think mm -hmm. I heard that yeah. it's, it all makes sense in a circle and that we should think that way, that we, we're actually literally stealing from our clients. Absolutely. So think about all the books that have made a difference in your life. Think about all the Zumba songs that you've sung, that, that you've danced to. <laughs> if someone had thought, I'm too afraid to write that song. I'm too afraid to sing that song. I'm too afraid to, to write that book you wouldn't have had the privilege and, and the honor to benefit from those. And it's like that, we all have a message. So whether it's inventing a gadget that is going to help uh, housewives, you know, chores at home, a mom, a grandmother, an entrepreneur, if it's something that, that you have a desire for, you just can't, can't deprive the world from seeing it, but we talk ourselves into not shining because it's way easier and more comfortable to not shine than to actually shine, right? So another example that I tell myself is with the sales process of being an entrepreneur. If you don't sell, you're not, you know, you're not succeeding as an entrepreneur. That's where the key is. And a lot of us see sales as we're gonna become annoying, we're going to become pushy. Our friends are going to get tired of us. And that's the image that we have or selling. But one time I was thinking about that and I was able to actually turn it around and think selling is offering my gifts to others. It's just putting my gifts to, on the table so that other people can benefit from them. And that just made a huge difference to me. I'm still working on it. I'm just going to say, oh yeah, sure. You know, that's the fear I don't have anymore. But it brought it to a different light when I saw it that way, right? I love like, that. Yeah. It's just I am offering my gifts to the world. Like yeah, every I, other entrepreneur, like every other person who's offering something. I just wrote that one down too. I got some good notes of action items that I have to do. I'll tell you, I, I didn't really know where this was going to go, how these interviews were going to be. I just knew that I have a lot of really fantastic people in my ecosystem now that I do want to share their gifts. And I really appreciate, I appreciate everything that you really shared today. There's so many things that I think are just doable of what you said. And I think you did a wonderful job of explaining it. Is there anything else that you want to touch on before I ask my secret question that gets everybody all nervous? <laughs> I just wanted to build on what you just said. It's, it's, it's actually simple. We just tend to make it complicated. Simple doesn't, make, doesn't mean that it's not going to be challenging. Simple just means it's simple, 
we just tend to overcomplicate it, right? But honestly, if you set up, set some time to practice these things every day, you're just, you're, you're on your way. You're going to, you're going to hit your, your, uh, your roadblocks, but you're on your way. So yeah, that's, that's the one thing is simplicity. Just keep it simple. Now you do sound like our mutual friend. I always think thinking <laughs> as I would say that I'm like, I don't want to be him, even though I love him, but no, but sure. <laughs> well, I think he's right. And, and I'm grateful to him for bringing us together. So I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So you ready for the question? First I'm thing scared. that comes out of your mind. And I think it's going to be interesting because I haven't had anyone of your demographic flavor. So I want to see what you say, but. What is your favorite book? Becoming Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza. And I thought you knew that. <laughs> that is my ultimate favorite book. Perfect. Yeah, that totally aligns with you. Yeah, I, I love the guy uh, and I love the book. I think I read not all of his books, but probably most. And that's my, that's my, my, my ultimate favorite book. I love it. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but... There's two authors that got me kind of started on my personal development journey. Mm -hmm. And one was Dr. Amen, Change Your Brain, Change Your Body. He's, mm -hmm. he's just brilliant. And then um, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself from Dr. Dispenza. So that was my first introduction. And that's really where things started you know, one book leads to another, you get more mm -hmm. curious about the next topic and all of a sudden you go on a five week road trip so you can try to consume as much stuff as you can. Exactly, exactly. But uh, Breaking the Habit is a really good book as well. Um, and I have to say that I love his books so much that I don't have any of them right now because every time I lend them, people love them so much that they don't return them. So right now it's like, yeah, I should read that book again. Oh crap, I have to go buy it. I don't have it. So yeah, I, he, he's amazing. He's fantastic. I'm going to have to get you an Audible subscription for Christmas. It's the best thing ever. Yeah. You know what? I've never tried it. I know a lot of people swear by it. I just, there's one thing that I love to do it's, and it's highlight a book. So I can't highlight an Audible, but those will be great for like car rides and things like that. So yeah, that would be a great idea to get one. Yeah, I have, I think, like 100 titles in there now. And I, did, I just learned that you can actually give them back and exchange them like a regular. Oh, I had library. no idea. Yeah, I had no idea either. But um, all, I have, you know, all my favorites in there. So it's, mm -hmm. it's definitely good stuff. But you're right, it's not the same. And I have bought, I have Breaking the Habit and I have Dr. Evans, both those books in person for the same reason. There's something about that. Yeah. Well, Isabel, thank you so much, so much for all your insight. Um, why don't you give us a verbal shout out of where people can find you if they want to get to know you a little better or to take your course? Yeah, sure. So I have a, I have a Facebook group going on right now uh, in which we're doing uh, Facebook lives with a lot of inspirational uh, coaches and people who are, you know, really into this, this same wavelength of thought that is called soul conversation, soul, soul conversations with I am. So with Isabel Morales and uh, you can hit me up on Facebook as well. It's just Isabel Morales and uh, I'll be very uh, happy and honored to continue the conversation with anyone who wants to talk with me about stuff like this. This is my passion. Absolutely love it. 
<laughs> we can tell. And I yeah. love, love you for it. Awesome. Next time I'll bring my glass of wine and we can just make it a whole evening because I love these. Yeah, you're so good at it. Well, thank you so much, Isabel. I will make sure that everybody has all your information documented everywhere that the show can be found. So thank you so much. Thanks, Bobby. This was amazing. Had so much fun. Yeah, me too. If you're not my